Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We desire to be people of your presence. Lord, give us wisdom and revelation to be the bride who has made herself ready. So we thank you. Thank you for the instruction that you've given us in in your word. We choose to heed your instruction. Amen. Mm. So there's uh, <clears throat> there's a lot going on the next couple of days. Um, this week, actually, uh, tonight is the monthly combined prayer service at six o'clock, and that will be at. Uh, Family Harvest Church downtown. We gather together with a number of other churches to pray for God's purposes in Cheyenne and beyond. Also tonight, there's a night of worship at the Loveland Vineyard. Um, Joy and I haven't decided for sure if we're going to that. Uh, It's in the program. I think it starts at 6. And they have a worship leader uh, <clears throat> who's come in for tonight. And if I remember right, uh, the worship leader who's at the Loveland Vineyard tonight was also there a couple years ago. And they had a number of things happen. Uh, the first time he came, a number of people were healed. Uh, set free. They had a move of the Spirit that was fresh and really set Vern, the pastor there, on a, on a new trajectory. Okay, so... Yes, so we will be going to that. Uh, Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. And I had signed up for us to host uh, an open prayer time here at noon on Thursday. But we will be moving Patty on Thursday, so I won't be here. Uh, If someone would like to volunteer to host the prayer time, I mean, you you don't really have to do anything other than be here. Uh, that that would be wonderful, Barbara, because uh, it it's on the National Day of Prayer website. So if people are looking for an event, because there is no capital event uh, at the Capitol since the Capitol is under construction this year, 
So <clears throat> if people are looking for a place to come and, and pray for our nation, some, some people may show up here, uh, even from other churches. So speaking of Patty's move, we, we will be loading up uh, trucks and trailers on Wednesday, probably around 4 o'clock we'll start, and then we plan to move on Thursday to Gehring and we'll unload there. So if, if anyone is able to help, we, we will certainly receive your help. Uh, it's going to be uh, not as big as it might have been a move because quite a few things are, are staying here. But still, um, we're, we're going to miss you, Patty. But I, th I think most of you have heard that that she was actually able to buy the house that she was in when when she met John. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like going back home uh, after having really received God's blessing. Yeah. So. What I hope to do, t Phil, um, well, Thursday morning we're going to go, so we'll probably leave, I don't know, 8.30, yeah, put us there about 10, 10.30. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we had a great time with Mark Crawford last week, as always. Uh, but I, I thought I would unpack a little bit of what he said <laughs> and kind of expand on it a little bit today. Um, <clears throat> most of us uh, understand the word stronghold. Uh, and if if most of our understanding of that term is from New Testament usage, then we tend to think of stronghold in kind of a negative light because of the passage in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, 3 through 6, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So from this passage, we, we understand that a stronghold can be a bad thing right? Because it's something that needs to be spiritually demolished, destroyed, torn down. And a good way to think of uh, a negative spiritual stronghold is it's, it's a house of thoughts. It's, it's a way of thinking 
oftentimes about ourselves or about God or even about others that, that is not rooted in truth. Instead, it's, it's rooted in some lie of the enemy. And those kinds of strongholds need to be demolished. They need to be torn down. Uh, the, the house needs to be raised. <laughs> and a new house needs to be built. So uh, if, if we have Old Testament understanding of the term stronghold, then we know that a stronghold can be a good thing. Uh, the, the first use of the term in, in the Old Testament, at least in uh, NASB and English Standard Version, because those were the two that I searched, was in, in the story of Gideon, where, where the Lord told him to go to the stronghold and make a sacrifice there. And that was also a negative stronghold <laughs> because it was a place where they worshipped idols. And, and he was to go there and destroy that stronghold and instead make an offering to the Lord. But um, <clears throat> that, that Old Testament word means a refuge, a fortress, a shelter. It signifies a stronghold or a fortress, a protected location or a place of safety or a place of trust. Uh, and so what was, what was bad about the case of Gideon is the children of Israel, they were, they were sacrificing to idols at this place. And, and so for them... They thought it was a place of safety when when they they were deceived they they were they were in deception. It was not a place of safety because what they were doing there was was bringing the judgment of God upon them, making their whole existence not very safe <laughs> and so thanks to gideon he he went in there he destroyed that stronghold, but I want us to understand. Uh, stronghold in in a, a positive light, uh, looking at uh, some of the Psalms, because uh, there are many places where where David speaks of the Lord being his stronghold. Uh, Psalm twenty seven that we've spent a little bit of time recently is is one of those cases. Uh, so. <clears throat> It, obviously, if the Lord is our stronghold, our, our place of safety, the, the one that we trust in, that is a good stronghold. <laughs> that, that is the stronghold that we want to have. And in a similar way, so what we saw in the case of Gideon is the place of worshiping idols the children of Israel considered it a stronghold, but it really wasn't. It was a false stronghold. And, and what we see in 2 Corinthians, that passage, is, is we can have bad strongholds of thoughts. 
Well, the thing is, if if we can have a bad stronghold in the Old Testament trusting in an idol, or we can have a good stronghold trusting in the Lord our God to be our place of safety and our, our haven of rest, then also in the New Testament concept, if we can have a negative house of thoughts that's built on lies and deception, we can also have a positive stronghold house of thoughts that's built on truth. Okay, so so that that that's a, a key point for us to understand. Now Gideon tore down that stronghold physically, and he physically made an offering to the Lord because the Lord told him to. And and that story is in Judges chapter six. We're we're not gonna go there and, and look at that, but if if you want to later, that's that's where it's found. But I, I want us to understand that in in the case of our thinking, the best way to tear down a negative stronghold is is to build a positive stronghold in its place. <laughs> because if if we reject the the deception, the lie that had built the stronghold, is that I want us to understand kind of how this works. This this building of strongholds. That the enemy will come to us and and lie to us. And many times the most dangerous lie is the one that's closest to the truth. And oftentimes his lies have an element of truth in them, but only an element of truth. And there's also an element of falsehood in those lies. So uh, a few years ago, Joy and I went to a kind of a mini conference in Casper, and we met uh, Steve and Wendy Backlund, who are leaders uh, at um, Bill Johnson's church in Redding, California. And uh, they had written a number of books, and and one of the books that they wrote that kind of was their focus was, Let's Just Laugh About That. (laughs) It's okay to laugh. It's it's okay to laugh in church, just so you know, okay? Because what this book was all about was exposing the lies of the enemy and learning to laugh at them instead of agreeing with them. Because the the way a house of thoughts is built is one agreement with the enemy at a time. And, And it's like Every agreement with the enemy on this subject is a new brick (laughs) that's laid, creating this stronghold. And it becomes 
kind of a a demonic place of protection. It it, it protects this this demon's ability to deceive you uh, in in your thoughts, because we we have to understand that that our mind is is a primary battleground with the enemy. Truth versus deception. It, it, I mean, it, it's going on constantly. If if we're awake and, and conscious, the battle is going on. Because he, he is always wanting to lie to us and get us to agree with his lies. And it's it's like every time we agree with one of his lies, there's an, another brick <laughs> in this stronghold that is being built. And I'm I'm just I uh, I have taken a couple examples out of the Backlands book this morning for us to look at because I I think these are are pretty common deceptions, pretty pretty common tools of the enemy to use against virtually all of us. And one of those strongholds that uh, I think is true for most of us is we we have agreed with the enemy that I'm I'm not really evangelistic. I'm I'm not really an evangelist. You know, that's that's really there are so many other people who are gifted at this, but that's not really me. Now, I'm I'm kind of tempted to ask for a show of hands. How how many of you have heard that one? And I won't ask how many of you have agreed with it. Uh, but chances are, if if you've heard it enough, you've probably agreed with it uh, at least at some point. And and another one, and and this is this is a key one uh, for for many many people. My my life or my future has been ruined by a mistake that I made. Yeah, I I mean, many of us we we could look back and at something that we did and and we could say. Well, uh, I guess my new future is, <laughs> you know, it's it's not as bright as it might have been. And, you know, I'm I'm here to tell you that's a stronghold of the enemy. Because when we come to Christ, He forgives our sin. He removes our guilt and our shame. He gives us both a new past and a new future, as well as a new present. But but that is the truth. I mean, we, we don't even have to embrace our old past anymore. And you know what? What I just said five minutes ago is in the past. <laughs> what you did two days ago and an hour ago is in the past. So 
I want what I want this to be a really practical message, giving us some tools to use in building positive strongholds. And as we build positive strongholds, the the negative ones, they they just they they will fall down. Because any structure that's not maintained <laughs> eventually falls apart. <laughs> and if if we can just quit agreeing with the enemy. <laughs> and just focus on agreeing with god those those negative strongholds they they lose their power and and they they fall apart so that's the beauty of this is we we don't have to focus on not doing the negative we can just focus on pursuing truth and and pursuing god because Jesus is the one who is the truth. <laughs> and the more we pursue him and agree with him, we will build positive strongholds. And, and the way to think about the positive strongholds is inside this house of thoughts that are based on agreeing with the truth of God, in, inside that is that truth of God. And it is protected <laughs> by our agreement with it. And the stronger, the more we, we have built up that stronghold around the truth, the more attack from the enemy we can withstand and still hold on to that truth. Because many of us are, are holding on to great truths, great promises of, of things that the Lord has said he's, he's going to do. And, and so we need to build that stronghold of agreement and trust in the truth and the faithfulness of God so that as life circumstances come upon us that, that make it look doubtful <laughs> that what God has said he will do, we can withstand what I will call our perception of the facts or our perception of reality. Because I, I don't want to just say facts or reality, because our perception of the facts and our perception of reality is always limited. Because we're there's a lot happening in the background that God is doing that we're not seeing. Always. It's, you know, have you ever seen one of those 3D chess games? <laughs> well, I've seen them, I've never played one. Uh, it, it looks like it'd be kind of di difficult. 
But in, instead of just moving this way and this way, you, you also can move this way. So there's multiple levels. And the thing is, God moves not just in, in a three-dimensional way. He, he, he moves in an infinite number of dimensions all at once. And and he's he's able to set things up for our growth. Because many times the the difficulties that we go through <laughs> that make it look like God may not fulfill his promises are the very things that we need to be ready for when he does fulfill those promises. Because he, he wants us to be ready. He, he wants us to receive all that he wants to do. And, and it's almost always more and greater than what we think. So... Some strongholds that we need to build. Let's let's look at this. Um, <clears throat> I didn't I didn't give um, the New Testament definition of stronghold, but it's it's a good one, and it's to fortify, to hold fast, a stronghold, a fortress used metaphorically of anything in which one trusts. So a stronghold is anything that we put our trust in. And that's why our strongholds need to be good ones. Because <laughs> if our strongholds are rooted in the truth of God, then we really can trust what they're built on. So, the first stronghold that I think we need to build, let's look at Romans fourteen, seventeen through 19. This is a verse that Mark shared with us last week. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. The reason I included those uh, verses 18 and 19, there, there's a community aspect to building good strongholds because we all have bad days we we have days when we can't quite get to faith <laughs> and we need one another to build us up to encourage us and that's what paul is saying here pursue what makes for peace and mutual building up. 
is we need each other. That's why Jesus died for the body of Christ, not just for us individually. And in America, we tend to overvalue the individual and our own individual responses. We tend to, and especially here in Wyoming, I think, because independence is is just a huge part of of our culture, and we we undervalue community, and and community response. But I think that's those are a big deal to God, because I mean he he looks at the church in Cheyenne, and he sees one church. There's there's lots of congregations. But there's one church. And anyway, that's a rabbit trail. So the, the first stronghold that I, I want to encourage us to build is, is righteousness. As Paul said, the, the kingdom of God is not just a matter of what we eat, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So... And righteousness is an easy one to to think about building. It's an easy one to conceptualize. And that Greek word that's translated righteousness also means justice, that which is just, living in a way that fulfills the claims of God for the believer. Think about that one. Living in a way that fulfills the claims of God on our life. Because we're not our own. We were bought with a price. And an infinitely valuable price at that. So God has claims on us. He has claims on my life and your life. So righteousness is fulfilling those claims, living in such a way that we fulfill those claims. Uh, A verse related to building a stronghold of righteousness, 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there, there's another list of, of some good strongholds for us to pursue. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. All those are good. So how do we do this? How, how do we build a stronghold of righteousness? Well, well here, here is a key understanding of how we build these positive strongholds. They, they are built... In times of testing, difficulty, temptation, 
when the temptation is to not go that way. <laughs> for for example, um, the the lies that I shared with you previously about having our, our future ruined uh, or about not being an evangelist. Uh, maybe, well, maybe those aren't aren't the best, but uh, suppose there's a, uh, a young person who's, who's tempted to steal a bicycle or uh, a man who's tempted to look at some images that, that he shouldn't. We build the stronghold of righteousness by saying no to the temptation and saying, and, and, and this, this is a, a way that will strengthen our, our ability to say no by considering I am building a stronghold of righteousness. I don't want the enemy building a stronghold of lust or, you know, whatever it might be in my life. And, and we, we need to look at it that way. Because, because that's what's going on. We're there. There's a brick <laughs> ready to be laid somewhere. Every time we're we're in a place of temptation or difficulty or trial, and is is it going to be laid <laughs> in in a good stronghold or in a bad one? And and it's it's our choice that that determines. So that's that's a way to think about how how this is done. Now, <clears throat> the the benefits or the blessings of building a stronghold of righteousness in our life. When when we when we lay the brick in the wrong house, <laughs> then we we suffer guilt we suffer shame we we are tempted to avoid god because we're ashamed of what we just did and it hinders our pursuit of him it it hinders our ability to be strengthened because it's in drawing near to him that we are strengthened, not in avoiding him. And and the enemy wants us to avoid God, because <laughs> then it's he can he can build get more bricks laid on his pile, <laughs> on his house. So by building a stronghold of righteousness, we we strengthen our ability to pursue God. And we're not tempted to turn away from him in in shame. So I mean that that's really important because it that really affects our day to day walk with with the Lord. And you know, we we also 
we're, we're strengthened in our pursuit of righteousness as we approach the Word of God for revelation, not just for information. Right, Phil? <laughs> yeah. Because Phil's been getting some really good revelation from the Lord because he's purposefully approaching the Word of God in partnership with the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, teach me today. And and give me today my daily bread from, from your Word. Because I, I need your life strengthening me. And, you know, when, when we approach the Holy Spirit in partnership like that, he, he says, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm your helper. I'm your teacher. I'm your comforter. Okay, another stronghold. I'm Someday we got to change the time on that clock. <laughs> Cuz it can't be 10 10:20. Anyway, peace is is another Stronghold that, that we really need to pursue. Shalom. And the meaning of shalom in the Old Testament in Hebrew, peace or tranquility, it was a common Jewish greeting. It's, it's so much better than hi or uh, <laughs> even how are you. Uh, a lot of times what, what the Jewish people would say when they greeted each other is, how is your peace? Not how are you, how, how is your peace? And every time they would say shalom, and, and shalom is hello and goodbye, it's, it's a blessing. You're, you're speaking a blessing over the person that you're greeting. It's, it's, it's good and I think it's powerful. Yeah, the, a definition that I, I heard a few years ago that is a good one is, you know, to, to say shalom over someone, um, <clears throat> it's, it's to bless them with the tearing down of all authority structures in their life that are contrary to God and the building up of authority structures in their life that, that are consistent with God. So, shalom. <laughs> and Jesus said in John 14, peace, or shalom, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, Neither let them be afraid. That's a good verse to meditate on. Because there's a lot there. And I'm not going to get to it today. Because <laughs> I, I want to go on to Hebrews chapter 4. That speaks of rest. But it's a similar idea. Hebrews 4, starting in verse 9. So then, 
there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. And this is the interesting part of this passage. Let us therefore strive or labor (laughs) is another translation for that word. Let us labor to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, how do we build a stronghold of peace and rest? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> these all these good strongholds are built in situations where the natural response is the opposite. Okay? <laughs> so, we have the opportunity to build a stronghold of peace and rest when we have a situation that is anything but peaceful and anything but restful. And that is exactly what Paul, I I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, uh, is saying in Hebrews chapter 4. That's why he's saying you have to strive or labor to enter this rest. (laughs) It's not automatic. You have a stronghold of peace and rest when you can be at peace and rest in the midst of turmoil. If you can only be at peace when everything is peaceful, you just you, you don't have the stronghold yet. You you need to lay more bricks. <laughs> you you need to labor more. <laughs> you need to agree with God that He is our rest. He is our stronghold, and that He will not be moved. That that He is our shelter. and not our circumstances. Uh, I think this is something Mark said uh, one of the earlier times that he was here. There is no peace in circumstances. And Tasha grabbed on to that so ferociously, that's part of her email signature now. <laughs> and it has been for more than a year. There is no peace in circumstances. (laughs) Peace is in the Lord, our stronghold. So, what what are the, the two strongholds that we can build when we're in a time of turmoil and distress? Well, we can we can take those bricks and we can lay them on the building of worry <laughs> and, 
and fear <laughs> and hopelessness or <laughs> we can agree with God and and we can build that stronghold of peace and rest. <laughs> is is this helpful? I it's been helpful for me to to think through this stuff because I having been really thinking through this for about a week, I'm getting better at it. And I I, I think we all will. <laughs> as as we recognize the conscious choice that we're making, every time we're in a a difficult situation, then we we think not with hopelessness <laughs> or despair, we think Okay, this is an opportunity. <laughs> what what good thing can God build into my life in this situation? And there always is one. And and this is why we always grow the most in in the times of difficulty and and trial. And I mean, there there are times of difficulty and trial where we didn't grow <laughs> because we built the wrong house. But there are times of difficulty and trial where we grew the most because we built the right house. <laughs> we we tore the one down and we said, "No, I'm not. I'm not doing that again." And and this is why so many times it, it seems like we have to keep going around the same mountain, encountering the same trial. It it's that you know, it's not that God's punishing us, it's just that He's giving us opportunity. Okay, we didn't get this right last time. <laughs> so let's try it again. <laughs> And just, you know, just for encouragement, they don't get easier, do they? <laughs> that's that's why it's it's always better to learn to deal with the difficult person that's in front of you than to wait for the next one. <laughs> I, I know I don't have to say any more about that. Okay, so I'm going to say one <clears throat> one more uh, stronghold that we need to build. And if we went back to that passage in Romans, remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, with, within us as the people of God, is, is the Holy Spirit, who, who is the, the source of righteousness, the source of peace, and the source of joy. Our happiness, our, our smiles, uh, our laughter, should not only be from circumstances, as the people of God. 
Because we, we have an internal source of joy that, that is an unending fountain. Just as we have an internal source of peace that is an unending fountain. The, the key is, is learning to consciously tap into that unending source. So, <clears throat> you know, Mark talked a little bit about joy. He's, he's been on a, a pursuit of, of joy for maybe not quite a year, but it's, it's been a while. And so he, he encouraged us just to to laugh. And, you know, even if you have to fake it at first, <laughs> I, I think that's okay. And, you know, when, when I mentioned that book uh, from the back ones, let's just laugh at that, that's the whole source of it. It's, it's to know that our joy isn't dependent on our circumstances. Because uh, happiness does depend on circumstances. Happiness comes from what happens. And if what happens isn't fun or funny, we tend to not be happy. But we can still be joyful. And, you know, words have power. And I think of my beautiful wife, whose name is Joy, who, who had that word spoken over her millions of times <laughs> before the joy really started to come out. Because the joy really didn't start to come out until it was within and then the joy came out. And, and we all have the joy within. And we can choose to be joyful. We can choose to laugh. When, when the enemy comes to you with a new lie, you can say now, well, let's just laugh at that. <laughs> I, I've heard that one before. <laughs> and I think I know who this is. So I'm not going to buy that. I am going to laugh, and I'm going to be joyful. And that response is a weapon. Because the enemy is so used to even Christians operating according to their flesh and only being happy in good times and, and good circumstances, when, when we laugh in, in the midst of difficulty, they don't know what to do with that. It, it messes with them. It reminds me of that Graham Cook message, messing with the enemy's head. Any of you heard that? <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> And it's about that kind of warfare. So <clears throat> our joy is 
a condition of our heart. It's, it comes from within. It's, it's not just based on circumstances. And a couple passages related to joy. Uh, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> and, you know, I think so often we, we look at a verse like that and we read it and we've read it before and we know what it says, but something within us just says, well, that's ridiculous. Or that's just not practical. I mean, that can't really be saying what it appears to say. Because who can do that? Well, we can. <laughs> we can rejoice in the Lord. How often? <laughs> always. Because he, he's good always. His, his mercies are new every day. Our, our eternity has begun. We, we don't have to die. I mean, this, this body will shut down at some point, but we will be with the Lord. Yeah. I mean, that alone is rejoicing in the Lord always kind of stuff. So <clears throat> look at some of those verses <laughs> a little deeper and, and meditate on, on some of those, those always verses a little bit. Is there something there? Uh, the other one is uh, Romans... Fifteen thirteen, which is becoming a favorite for many of us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. And, and I'm just speaking this as a blessing over you right now. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That's a great one. So there, so there are Romans fifteen thirteen. So there are there are plenty of other good strongholds to pursue, and and there there are plenty of opportunities to to build different kinds of good strongholds. And and like I said, if we just focus on building the positive ones. The old ones will decay <laughs> and and they will crumble and, and lose their power. Because there, there's always, for every negative one, there's a positive one. And if we're building the good one, the old one will go into disrepair. <laughs> it won't be a stronghold anymore. And And the Lord is our primary stronghold, just going to the Lord. In reading Romans 15, 13, mm -hmm. I, I have been with some days that this is 
I wonder if that's supposed to be there. <laughs> it, it would be interesting to look at the original text. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Mm -hmm. So Psalm nine nine, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. So he wants to be there in those times of trouble. He wants us to run to him so that we can build something and find something in, in him. Psalm 18.2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Hmm. So, <clears throat> going back to the idea that my future is ruined by the mistake that I made, there are, I want to look in a little bit more detail at this one. And, and let's just laugh at some of these lies that the enemy gives us. The first one is that my past determines my future. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Can we just laugh at that? <laughs> no, God determines our future. Even God can't redeem this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, how about Paul, the guy who was watching over the coats as they stoned Stephen uh, and made it his life's work to stamp out the church in its earliest days, who ended up writing half the New Testament. Uh, nobody's as bigger than that. <laughs> and we could go to David and Uriah and Bathsheba. I, I mean, murder and, yeah. None of us is too big uh, for God to redeem. My sin is more powerful than the promises of God. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> See, I, I think this is helpful in, in helping us to recognize the lies of the enemy. There is completely and utterly no hope for me. <laughs> I mean, is there anybody who hasn't heard that one? 
Okay, there's not a hand that's raised. Everybody's heard that one. It wasn't any more true for you than it was for me. <laughs> God is, is full of hope. <laughs> and uh, there is the Holy Spirit within us is the source of our hope. It's an unending supply. And it's our positive expectation of the good that God will do in our life. No one could be restored from this bad decision. <laughs> I mean, there there isn't any kind of bad decision that God hasn't redeemed multiple, multiple people of that every one of us has gone through. So, Satan, we, we choose not to believe your lies. We choose to laugh at them. <laughs> yes. And, and I encourage you to actually physically laugh. <laughs> Things will never change. <laughs> There's only one thing that doesn't change, right? God. Everything else is constantly changing. And he is at work for you and for me, changing things to bring about the good that he has for us. That is the truth. And so, you know, this what we're getting into is something else that Mark talked about, is not... <clears throat> Not letting our attitude, our, our future be determined by the facts. And, and I, I even like to qualify that by, by our present understanding of the facts or our present interpretation of the facts because we never have all the facts. <laughs> we, we, we have a little bit of information is, is what we have. <laughs> and, and we tend to... Uh, allow the enemy sometimes to to take that little bit of information and put it in its worst possible context <laughs> to bring us in, into hopelessness and despair and fear and anxiety and all, all those things. And, you know, can can you just make a declaration with me right now? I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I am not going to agree with you anymore, devil. <laughs> I'm going to agree with God. <laughs> and I'm going to build his strongholds and trust him to be my stronghold. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you one more and then I think we'll close because this one's just too good. God only uses people who have not messed up. <laughs> is, is there anybody who cannot laugh at that one easily? <laughs> I mean, everyone has messed up. Everyone has messed up badly. 
and including everyone who God has ever used. You ever heard of Samson? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> Father, thank you uh, for the truth of your word. And I, I just pray for us as a people that we would be about building the right strongholds in our lives, that, that you would give us discernment to very quickly identify the lies of the enemy and to just laugh at them. Lord, help us to operate in joy and to trust you with our future and our lives. And I thank you that you're for us and not against us. We praise you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I worked for the post office when I was looking in the mail, and I brought a package to the post, and it was a little poem. So I turned around, and he was walking back to my truck, and this little dog came running around, and he was heading for me. And I turned around, and I went, Shalom. So, right in his track. And then a man came from around, running like mad, and he went, Wow, I've never seen this before. He says, I thought this dog was going to eat you alive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think most I think most of you have heard my story about the moose too. And it I don't think it matters so much the words that we use, but just that we're trusting in God. And we're we're saying no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our, our authority has been restored over creation in Christ. Yeah. Well, pardon? Of the moose? Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so this is back almost 30 years ago when we lived in Spearfish, and we, we had had some... Uh, Encounters with Joy's brother, who was starting to operate in a deliverance ministry, and the Lord was impressing on me to study about spiritual warfare and the authority that we have over over the enemy. So I, I was spending quite a bit of time studying, and Joy and I were going on a backpacking trip into the Bighorn Mountains, and I just. I just had this, I, I knew that something was going to happen on this trip that was related to what I was studying. I, you, sometimes you just know, and it, I know it was the Spirit. So I was, I was you know, kind of always on the lookout. And one day we're, we decided to take, uh, make a shortcut from one trail to another trail. So we, we had to cut through this creek and, and kind of a drainage area, and I see this cow moose down there. So I get my camera out, and I'm taking pictures of this moose, and it's getting closer and closer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this, this 
probably isn't good that it's this close. <clears throat> uh, and so we had to cross this this creek. And so we got out of the trees and in, into the open where the creek was. And and this cow moose charges me. I mean, from like twenty feet away, and it's just full full steam. And so I just I put out my hand. And I said, "I bind you in Jesus' name." And that moose, I mean, it it just locked up, just like that dog, just like that far from my hand. And <laughs> I, I hollered at Joy, "Get across the creek!" And our our dog Rusty was was with us. Get and get Rusty too. And that thing, his nostrils were just you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was like it couldn't move. And so I just kind of <laughs> backed away and ran across the creek myself, and it just stood there until we were out of sight. It was, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> so don't doubt our authority. Yeah. Well, have a blessed week. It's been good to be together. Shalom.